0: Good morning. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Segal Network. For those of you who don't know me, you are tuning in for the very first time. I'm Naomi Nachman and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for food, cooking for food, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a personal chef, a cookbook author. You know I keep plugging my book because it's Pesach time with about two and a bit weeks till Pesach. Um, I cook for Shabbos, for people for Shabbos. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. Hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my exciting food adventures, kosher food traveling, sharing of great recipes, ideas, and hearing from my awesome guests. But I want to hear from you too. So keep those emails coming. I want to hear where you ate, what you ate, what you made. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. And we have got a crazy, amazing show um, today In the studio, it's our last show before Pesach. I cannot believe it's Pesach soon. Um, This is the uh, the sunset on air of Pesach for us uh, right here in the studio. And as we are, uh, I'm going to be leaving to Florida soon uh, to work at uh, the Trump Doral in Miami for Ram Caterers. They are such an unbelievable caterer. They are still taking reservations because it's a huge hotel, and we can keep going because we make so much amazing food. Um, Everywhere you turn, this food. Um, There's a tea room, a barbecue, three meals a day. Really, it's like 10 meals a day. There's cocktails by the pool. There's pass-arounds by the pool. There is non-stop food at Trump Doral. So it's amazing. The Florida sunshine is there, and we cannot wait. My family cannot wait, and my parents are coming too. So, yay. I'm very excited that they'll be joining us. Um, So... Not a lot of restaurant eating for me this week. I can't give any restaurants a shout-out this week because I've been so busy in the Pesach kitchen. But I hope you've all gotten your coffee, And I'm going to keep talking about it the whole episode. Ah, perfect for Pesach. And I hope that you're enjoying some of the products that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. I'm having problems with my ear- earphones, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. He'll figure that out. Um, so, uh, between the cauliflower rice and the lasagna pasta, we've got so much going on and the great wines. Um, we've been talking to Gabriel Geller last week. So I hope you're all stocking up on your wines and getting, getting ready. You know, my, my one tip that I would share with everyone is go to the supermarket early in the morning. You know, don't wait for later on the day. Don't go to your exercise class or, you know, as soon as you drop the kids off the bath, so you wake up in the morning, everyone's got different things going on, depending on the stages of life, but get to that supermarket early in the morning. You will find it's much calmer. Schiffer, do you, do you see that in our neighborhood? Schiffer and I both live in the five towns. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> okay, you have a baby that keeps you up at night. Yeah. But okay. no, it is
1: true. It's either like really late at, um, or really late at night, like right before the store closes.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I find like really late at night or really in the morning. But really, you're more of a morning
1: person. I'm more of a night person. So we each have our own. Like right, right. When I was your age, I was also a morning
0: person. (laughs) Yeah, so we are. We're just fixing our headphones here. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. ZK, but that's all right. We can we can go with the flow here. I think it's this thing that's not working well. Okay, it's okay. I don't need the earphones. It's fine. Yeah, we're gonna plug this in. Okay. All right. Let's see if that works. I like the earphones because I hear everyone really loud and clear. Okay. A little jiggling around. Okay, that's great. Thank you, everyone, for that. Okay, so in the studio today, I have two amazing guests. One of my guests, Adina Sussman, I have known since we're in seminary together.
2: A long, A long time, time ago. ago.
0: So, Adina Sussman, welcome to the studio as well as Shifra Klein. Long-time friend of the five towns and great to be here again <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to have you before pisa thank you for having me it's been a long time adina lives in israel so there's a lot of coordination that went into putting this show on this day we are mm. meeting on a tuesday um it's a different day of the week for us because i wanted to make sure that adina could be here Woo-hoo! for the show
2: how are you? I'm well. Thank you. I had a great morning walking around the Lower East Side. I picked up my Bialis. I picked up my pickles. That is so cliche. <laughs> I know. When you live in Israel, you miss some of those iconic foods, you right. know? So I just grabbed a few things on the way, all including my, also my hot sesame oil in Chinatown. Ah. Oh, things that cool. are, so, you know, you can get almost everything in Israel now, but I don't cook Israeli food all the time. I'd say most of the time. Right. But so sometimes I pick up a few things here and there.
0: So talk to me about life in Israel. How long have you been there?
2: Um, I lived in Israel after college for five years in Jerusalem, actually. And then I spent a long time in New York and then I met my now husband three and a half years ago, got married in June and have been living in Tel Aviv right in the Carmel market for about the last two years. And she's
0: actually
1: being literal. She, like, <laughs> hey, yeah. And if you follow her on Instagram like I do, you like feel like you're living in the market with her. So it's pretty amazing. I feel Thank like you. I shop
0: there every
2: day. Yeah. I just don't
0: get to bring home the produce.
2: Yeah, I was just telling Shifra, I, I've been to Israel for two years and I've, I've never been to the supermarket. I I buy all my stuff there and all the little stores in the neighborhood, you know, once in a while. I went to least recently for the first time, which is like the Costco of Israel. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, be- get me
0: back to the Shuk. When, ah! I, when I left oshirad when I was yeah. in Israel, you went to one in Jerusalem? No,
2: there are two in Tel Aviv now.
0: Oh, okay. So when I yeah. went to the one, you, my daughter was in seminary. Mm-hmm. So when I went to visit her, I went to Osharad. had to take three motrons when I Seriously.
2: left. But yeah, so it's really great to be living in Israel. It's, it was always a dream of mine. And... The food life there is ext- extremely inspiring, seasonal produce, and just incredible ideas from, you know, Jewish immigrant ethnicities from all over the world just every day there's I'm eating something new I'm learning something new I'm trying a new spice I'm finding a new store I'm learning about a new grape leaf from an Arab town you know it's just it's constantly inspiring and exciting it's just amazing
0: I absolutely both Shifra and I are like yeah. we're
2: fangirling you that's so kind I'm, I fangirl both of you too so it's just it it just feels very natural to be living there I'm sure you would feel the same way as people who love food and you sort of undo some things you learn living in the United States without realizing it and just replace them with certain habits, you know, like when you can get something fresher, you just go get it, you know? Right. I, I've been obsessed now. I think you've been doing stuff with oranges, blood oranges. Oh, uh, the citrus! I just can't. So you know, we juice. We we got one of those hand cranked juicers, and we I make
0: all my own juice now. You is know, it, is it weird that when being <laughs> stalked, I know that people follow me, but like I, there are people that I actually follow, and you. Being actually, I think you it's you too, people think. are
2: following the shook as much as me because it's so compelling. Like it's it, you know, it I t- I love to share it with people, but it's really just seeing the vibrancy and like the fact that it's like all in israel just makes it extra exciting it's you know so
0: exciting watching yeah. everything like with danielle renoff from peas loving uh-huh, carrots exactly. and she's in LeZion, and she mm-hmm. takes us through the shook yeah it's fabulous to see everything every day that goes on in your kitchen and her kitchen and in the shook yeah we don't have that experience here i, I love the farmer's market we are uh-huh. a mile from the union square Yes, we and, are a mile. And from we the are not, here. we don't take advantage. I lived on the Lower East Side for 10 years. I think right. I went there once. Yeah. Now I try to go in whenever I can. I bring ZK and I some goodies from, from. they have a kosher bakery there.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, life in Israel is busy like everywhere else. And I think if I lived a mile from the Shook, I'm not sure I would go as much as I go. But because I live right there, I really can take advantage of, you know, and just like, like, Having a bead on the micro seasonality of things is like something that I never did before
0: in my life. You I've know? never heard that micro seasonality. I that means she I just made wa- it up. <laughs> no, but you know what? It means you're watching closely the slight changes in the season. You know the 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 food is changing minutely is, all you know, the time.
1: How Eat- different does that fresh food taste?
2: You know, I was in Florida last week doing a dinner at the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. Right, yes, we'll talk about that. And I, I made a Moroccan... care I did the Salatim course for a, a Shabbat dinner with Michael Salamanov and uh. Michelle Bernstein. And, <laughs> Let me shed um, a tear. And Zach the Baker. I wasn't there. i so was I'm just crying. It was really amazing and very... I was super honored to be there. I was like, you know... We could
0: tell that about... That.
2: Yeah, which is like, I think always, I'm always super grateful and honored to just be invited to do stuff like that and to cook around these people that have inspired me for so long. But I was making Moroccan carrot salad and I, you know, the chef at the hotel provided those huge carrots, you know, that you just the giant and I ate one and I said, Does this taste like soap to you? And he said, No, this just tastes like a carrot. But in Israel, the carrots are like super crunchy and juicy and sweet, you right. know, and they have a squeakiness to them and they're just you know, it's there are no carrots that large. Like that carrot was probably from China. You know, right, to be honest. Right. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm not judging. Like we all do what we have to do. And and I'm in the States. I also right, shop like that. So so some of the stuff really does taste fresher. Like obviously, like the cliches about the cucumbers and the tomatoes are really true. Right. Um, some things are are, you know, are on par I'd say with things that you get here. But
0: the strawberries in Israel when which is such a crazy time of the year that they're in season yeah, in all January. Like, for, us it's, for us, it's summer. A, a, a summer fruit, June, yeah. July, August, I want to say.
2: Yeah, there are no, no it, berries in the summer in Israel. They're in season now. They're incredible. And they go bad within like, you got to buy them and use them. Because yeah. unlike the strawberries here, which they, I don't know, they gas, I don't know what they do to them. They last <laughs> forever. But they're like, you take them home and like immediately they kind of... Start to beg to be we put in something. Them.
0: Right? We wash them. We wash them. We had an apartment oh, yeah. when we were there, yeah, and we wash them right away. soaked them, like, yeah. got all the dirt and because they're a little bit dirtier, uh-huh. and we just ate them like yeah. flavor bombs. Totally, they're incredible. Uh it's it's unreal. The, yeah. The, the, Fruits and vegetables in Israel are unparalleled. Yeah. Australia and is also very good. South I'm just Africa saying. Too. South Africa too. Yes. So I think, I think I w- a lot
1: of places have better produce yeah. than the United States. Maybe, Maybe it's it's not as – We're
2: feeding organic.
0: 330 million people. It's such
2: a large country. Things have to travel really far to get to us. And yeah. the way they get to us is different. And also, by the way, a lot of new kosher restaurants in Tel Aviv. It's unreal. Like every – we near our house in the Carmel Market area, there are – Like in the last year and a half, there are three kosher meat restaurants that open like that. It's fantastic. And And it's changing all the time. How far are you from Sarona Market? Not too far. We're about, I mean, in Tel Aviv, everything's, it's like they say in New Jersey, everything's a 20 minute drive away. Like we're like a 20 minute walk from everything. So we're like about a 20, 25 minute walk Uh, from Sarona Market. Oh
0: my God. Which is cool. And they have like three, uh, at least three or four Mm -hmm. um, kosher places there also. You're in Sarona now? At Sarona Market. I went
2: there like two years ago. It wasn't so you know, much, right? there are a lot of um, the the influx of French Jews living in Israel. They're all basically kosher, mm-hmm. and and also just the number of tourists who are now coming much more, many more people come to Tel Aviv than they used right. to. Right? Yes, absolutely, and um, just. the business people you know i had i had
0: goose deli there i know we need a trip yeah we need we need a foodie trip and people can come with us on the trip you should do that we're gonna do that we're gonna put this together so let me let me give you a little bit of an intro to adina she's a cookbook author a food writer i took this from your blog Ah. (laughs) (laughs) recipe development and consultant uh she lives in tel aviv as you heard uh she has a an Israeli cookbook coming out next year called Sababa, which is going to be put out about Penguin, mainstream. Yes, mainstream. Mainstream publishing, which mm-hmm. is so awesome. We Thank cannot you. wait for that to come out. She's also worked with Chrissy Teigen and uh, the Sprinkles uh, cookbook, a baking book with uh, Candace Nelson, which were both New York Times bestsellers. Yeah. Amazing. incredible. <laughs> Do you want to like pinch yourself for that? Yeah, it's
2: cool. It's fun to work. I learn a lot from all the people that I get to co-author books with and that's like the main thing I love about it cuz you know working with someone like Chrissy Teigen, her mom is Thai, so I learned a ton of things about Thai cooking. Oh, it's,
0: it's the best, right?
2: Amazing. And can, and also learning how simple it can be, you know, which right. is like what we all want is like simple delicious food. And Candace, I learned a ton about baking. I grew up feeling like I was just like bad baker, sticky fingers kind of a thing and like I know a, I know more than I even realize I know just from working with her. So that was that was cool. That was fun.
0: We, yeah. we enjoy that. You just did another shoot back in. We did the second photo months, shoot for the months ago. Chrissy's
2: new book, which is coming out in October. Okay, um, feels like in forever, but yeah, I know it's coming out in October. Um, they're anticipating that it's going to be pretty huge, <laughs> so everyone's just gearing up for yeah, it. Yeah, we're we're all excited for that. Not, you know, it's it's a, I I help her. It's her name's on the cover. It's all about her, and like my job is just to help her. Get there, like help her with her recipe development, help her with the writing, like Miriam really, for me. Yeah, just like all her. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, until Miriam, just now, Miriam Pascal. Miriam Pascal. I'm a huge fan. I love you.
0: Okay, she's gonna um, die
2: when she hears <laughs> that. She's she may be
0: on the floor. Just so from cute. Her ears I'm like, so you,
2: I I was just saying. I feel I want to try and write an article about the kosher female blogger world because it's really a phenomenon. I find it incredibly inspiring, and it's the Jewish social media around food is almost all women generated and it's very inspiring and except for shlomi klein <laughs> yeah oh and Aton burneth <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah yes. no but you know what i mean and like yeah, i just absolutely. think i
2: see a real community growing there and people following you and really learning a lot and being inspired to not just cook at home but to like reach out of like their comfort zone and cook new things and I think it's really impressive. We we love each other. We really support I can tell. we support I can really each other tell. a lot. I've recently been in touch with a lot of you for different reasons and I feel a lot of
0: love and positivity there, and just like it's really nice. Right, it's 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 a great group. I I love I love yeah. working with everyone. Yeah. I love I love being a supporter of kosher and and friendship and yeah. And people people do notice that about yeah uh, about. Uh, I think
2: it's really it's really unique, and you guys might not even realize how unique it is. Okay, actually. I'm happy to hear. Yeah,
0: there's politics in there too. Let me just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> always are. Right, sure. but but over like right. I think overall, uh, everyone's like loves being together and yeah it's a fun it's always fun when we're all together we mm-hmm. always have good laughs so and i
2: recently kim kushner was recently in israel and we hung out and walked around levinsky market and she's always been a huge source of inspiration for me she's I love so her. her food is amazing she's such a classy person she's so kind and you know i've done some charity work she's donated books and signed them and she's just always you know there there are different parts of the world, and I feel like what's nice is that there's a place for
0: everybody, and everyone can kind of shine. We love Kim, which she's been here to, at least twice. Yeah. Yes, we, uh, we-
2: also huge fan.
0: Um. Okay. So. Y- you know, one of the things that gave me a lot of nachis was when you were on the front cover of the Food and Wine magazine last year. Cuz I that's one of my besides, you know, the all our fabulous Jewish magazines and Joy of Kosher, right. which is you all know I love. It's a great
2: magazine. I I love Food magazine. and Wine
0: and it inspires all yeah. of us, right? So like we of could course, we could yeah. say that um that when you're on the front cover there I was like, "Oh my god, it's, That was
2: know. I didn't know until
0: it came out. Really? Yeah, I mean cuz it
2: was just an article about israeli food that was going to be in the magazine and it was their travel issue and i guess what they do is they go through all of the stories and they look for the most powerful images right and they pick what like looks like the most juicy i'm sure you have a lot of experience with this right joy of kosher so there it was the lamb pizza you know it was like oh my god you know so that was really and also mostly just really exciting because Again, to, to like shine a light on what's going on in Israel and to share it with a larger audience. And, you know, I can't tell you, I go everywhere I go, oh my God, I was just in Israel, or I have to go. Like, the food looks incredible. It's such an interesting place. You know, there seems to be a real groundswell around what's going on there that's sort of yeah. beyond politics and religion, like right. more like a unifying cultural thing, right. like,
0: like gathering around food. Which I agree. always we could all sit down and eat a meal together. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Don't I say there would be world peace. If there was a Disneyland in the middle East, <laughs> it's such a happy <laughs> place. It will be, you know, it's such a happy place Florida. Uh-huh. you walk around smiling at Disney world. And I'm like, why can't the whole world be like this? Like they just yeah. food, good food, there, amusement parks. Let's, yes. let's just be happy. I love being happy. And yeah. So
2: that was exciting. And that was a story mostly about restaurants. Um, and an interesting thing about restaurants in Israel is that they often open and close quite quickly. So Like some- like any restaurant. Yeah. yeah, the restaurant It's a industry. tough, it's, tough yeah. industry,
0: kosher or not.
2: Uh-huh. Um, but there are some really great places in Israel to eat. And also, I just think another thing that's increasing is the ability to go into people's homes and learn how... I think what's really powerful about Israel is that more than 100 immigrant groups, Jewish immigrant groups, live there. And, you know, you can find a way to learn how to make you know, Cuba from an Iraqi marakuba Cuba from an Iraqi woman, or you can learn how to make uh, something Bulgarian, you know, and- Kachaporia. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, that's what people want to do is that you we want windows into other cultures and yes. we want to understand where these traditions came from beyond just eating them and like being able to make them in this place, you know, from these people and hear the stories of their parents and grandparents. Like it's very exciting
0: and very uh, moving to me. Right. You Everyone saw, has a story. You saw a taste of Israel. Was, was that what it's called? By um, in Michael for Israeli cuisine. In, in search for Israel. I did. I, don't I did see it. Um, I love that. It's I wonderful. It.
2: And then, um, Phil Rosenthal just recently did, do you know who he is? No. He's he the guy who created, um, everybody loves Raymond and he has a new food show on Netflix called somebody feed Phil. And he had, did an Israel episode. Oh, I have to see that. It's great. It's, it sort of take, picks up where in search for Israeli cuisine left off. Um, very high production value, very interesting. He talks to different people, some well known, some less. Um, and, um, so I just think, you know, people are coming to Israel. I heard Andrew Zimmern might be coming to Israel to, you know, he has, he has, a, of course, of course. So, I follow him too. So I heard he might be coming to do something else in Israel. So, you know, people you, are interested. You know that we did our show from the Shuk? We did Table for Two from Machane Yehuda.
0: It no. was amazing.
2: Yeah. I always thought it would be really cool in Machane Yehuda to have like sort of a kitchen slash radio studio where people could be, Everyone would be gathering around, watching different chefs I and people See I cook. see that happening. That's right, really cool. right, and it, would, and it would be open air. Yeah. You know, you so walk up and we, we get can to put taste. this thing. So we
0: we did we did yeah. the show with Joel Haber. He walked oh, us through the
2: Shook. He's also an old friend of mine. Yeah, yeah,
0: Upper West Side from the old days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, so yeah. I think I knew him. our year in Israel. He's our age. He is our age. Yes. Yeah. So yes. so he walked us around the Shook table for two. I didn't get to bring ZK with me, uh-huh. and they found me a camera crew, and we walked around the Shook. But a lot of farmers, markets are doing what you said, mm-hmm. where they have the they cooking should. demos. They should. They need this in the Shook.
2: But- and what's really cool about Tel Aviv is on Fridays specifically, there are uh, many pop-up restaurants. And Tel Aviv, Shook Carmel Caramel is not as developed as Machane Yehuda. Surprisingly, you'd think because it's in Tel Aviv, it would be more sophisticated and, you know, tr- shuka Carmel is does a very buttoned up there's that whole restaurant section right it's actually quite pricey the produce
0: is quite expensive tel aviv shuka it's more Carmel. of a tourist attraction it's
2: become a bit yeah more i've of noticed that.
0: the change since we went to seminary oh yeah look yeah. what was there used to be blood running down the yeah. street from like dead animals <laughs> so there
2: still is in sugar Carmel. if you you know the way they clean the shook is at the end of the day everyone dumps their produce into the center of the main aisle of the Shuk, and then a big tractor comes and scoops it up. And if you're in the way, you you get scooped up too. Like They're <laughs> not stopping for anybody. And if it rains, they're, they're they're about to do some renovations there. But the sort of loose nature of the shook allows for a lot of creativity. So like on Friday, there are at least usually five or six pop-ups. Like I someone last week I saw was doing like a pancake pop-up. There was, there was one person doing something called the panda pop-up, which has become super popular. It's, what is that? It's pitot, like stuffed with... All kinds of things like meat, like egg, kind of like Miznone, but they, ha- and they have like it's a vegan. Closely, but it's a new place in Chelsea Market. It's oh, like cool. Right. right. So Miznone is Ayal Shani, the guy who sort of uh, made the roasted, whole roasted cauliflower famous in Israel. Okay. And he has inspired a lot of cooks. And he has a chain of fast food places called Miznone that is there's one in, in, in Sydney, there's one in Vienna, there's one in oh, Paris, cool. in the cool. Marais, there's one in New York now. It's become like an international brand. Amazing, um, good for him. As well as Michael Salamanov has uh, Giesengoff, you know his hummus. I just want to
0: try the hummus from there. It's really I good. Uh, so, <laughs> I uh, want to try really his It's really good. It.
2: It's excellent. And, and um, I, know I had
0: the like, the girls from Zoom here. Oh, they're on they're my, my show. Yeah, I love yeah, they them. told me that they knew you. So I had yeah. them. We did a whole show with them. There is an
2: artisanal tahina company. They import all the sesame seeds from. Ethiopia and grind them um, in Israel and sell
0: them in the United States. Right, they were here maybe a year ago on the show. I met them at the Kosher Food Bloggers Conference. You've got to come to that next year. When is that? It's is that, a that the Melinda Strauss no- oh, runs yeah, it in November, right? In November, Gil- Gil- right? Gil spoke last. Gil spoke. Year. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah,
2: he's it- one of my oldest friends in Israel. He helped me when I was first starting out in the food world. He like shared so much information with me and We had him on the show ZK yes, a few weeks came. ago
0: by fu- by phone. Isn't he incredible? He's so articulate. I cannot believe that English is not his first language. Well, he's more well spoken than I am.
2: His great-grandfather created modern Israeli Hebrew <laughs> language. I, I know. So he's the guy is he's an amazing person, amazing writer, amazing storyteller, incredible cook. He's like a class Did you
0: act. hear him speak no. at, at the bloggers he spoke he at the he bloggers had a conference time. And everyone's jaws were like yeah, hitting the floor when he spoke. He's really special.
2: He's really special. He teamed up with Liz. His first memoir just came out in English called Candies from Heaven. And you can get it on Amazon. And it tells family stories um, of his family growing up in Jerusalem. And it's really, really interesting.
0: I I have a copy. He gave me a copy. Signed me a copy. cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we had him on the show. I don't know. Not even that long ago. Yeah. When you guys were together on Instagram, I'm like, oh, my two favorite foodies. Israeli yeah, foodies. It's, it's, the food
2: world in Israel is really small. Yeah,
0: so yeah, every Israeli I know that's a cook knows you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, um, what's his name Lev, Lior, Lev. Oh, Lior, yes. Yeah, we went Lior. to Labuat for a cooking spice oh, class. Oh, Cool, he's amazing. So talented. I so- mean,
2: he's an incredible. Also, like such an artist and like who, like who knew that spices were. There was such a world behind the world of spices. You right. know, he goes all over the world and sources the most incredible ingredients from the most incredible places. It's, he's amazing. His yep. father makes olive oil on a small kibbutz in the north of Israel. You know, it's in his
0: blood. Foodies from way back when. Yeah, yeah I would say. So how did, you know, the, Isra- the food scene in Israel become so big? It's out of, it's out. Like, yeah. I, I always mix up his name, Alon Shaya. Yep. Michael Solomano. Yep. James Beard Award winners from the yes. last two years, like uh, all Israeli chefs. Like um, what happened that hummus is the in thing, you know? They, they say sabra, sabra, the
2: official uh-huh. a- NFL dip, you know? like I think that it's a combination of things. I mean, think I think first of all, Israel had to kind of figure out internally what its food was about. And, you know, there was always hummus and tahina and shawarma, but what happened was... Around the world, there was this revolution in realizing that like all the best ingredients are usually right under your nose. Like you, you try cooking from like sources. what goes together grows together is like this right. thing that people say. And like so, all of a sudden, they have amazing olive oil. They have amazing cheeses. They they have incredible tradition of breads and different things. And then the younger generation of chefs traveled all over the world and picked up tons of knowledge. What you know, worked in Michelin star restaurants all over the world, and then came back and kind of combined their knowledge and understanding and like a modern approach, but not modern in sort of an experimental way, just modern in the way of respecting the local ingredients and figuring out how to use them and to celebrate them. And then I think that started to spread outward and, you know, it came at a time when maybe the world was not tired of, but you know, how much Thai cuisine can you have? How many hamburgers can you have? It's, it's, it is a, a whole different flavor profile that's very much based on, Olive oil and lemon and spice, mm, and, my mouth know, is watering. and ama- I mean, I <laughs> can tell you I like barely ate bread in the United States, like I just didn't think the yeah. bread would. and now, and like now i can't not eat bread
0: I know we 're in you such know? a fattening business we are,
2: but it 's also the bread there sits better because it 's fresh it's, it's sort of like yeah. eating sourdough
0: bread in France like it doesn't quite do, have the same impact as the bread with a lot of preservatives and, right you know i make I love sourdough I, I fed mine yesterday. I have to f- keep feeding it yeah, before Pesach. And, and
2: um, Haya, Suri. Haya
0: Suri, who made bread for my bake sale,
2: which you so graciously organized. Oh, it was amazing. Like, I love looking at her Instagram and the beautiful breads that she makes. So
0: even that, like, all these, at, am I saying right, artisanal? Uh-huh. Like, I would try to say like an American. But, like, all that is becoming popular. I just think people are turning back to... Their roots. the roots, and also just making
2: things at home and knowing where your ingredients come from and... You know, realizing that it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have a million bells and whistles to be delicious. It can be really simple and elemental, like using like just really good ingredients prepared really well. And also technique is really important, like knowing how to properly roast something, knowing how to make a loaf of bread, knowing how to make a delicious cookie, you know. Like, Are we going to see this in Sababa? Oh my gosh. the bu- I'm so excited about the book. Oh my gosh. It's Israeli me. cuisine. It's Israeli cuisine through my eyes. And it's, um, there are a lot of Israeli books have come out in the last few years, like Michael Solomonov's Beautiful Zahav and Alon yeah. Shaya's book is coming out in a couple of weeks. Oh,
0: really? I cannot wait to, see. I didn't even know. And, yeah. and Otolenghi? Otolengi books are. But he's not so Israeli. He's, he actually, he, he, he does he, he
2: is Israeli, right? but he claims to be a Mediterranean chef. Right. And he's not so interested in identifying as an Israeli, which is his prerogative. Right. Um, His partner, Sammy, is Palestinian, and they wrote Jerusalem together. I love
0: Jerusalem. Yeah, it's
2: a beautiful book. So my book is going to have a lot of those different elements and then a lot of sort of how I see Israeli food, like through the eyes of an American living in the Carmel market and how to use everything in ways that are simple and delicious and, and really celebrating things like, pomegranate syrup, Ceylon tahina, preserved lemons and all the ingredients and that the we apple balm will
0: be plattering on
2: the floor. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because this is right, she loves this kind of stuff. Yeah, so you know, but also like just great dinner dishes and how to use you know, there's going to be, there's a recipe for like lamb chops marinated in schlug and with grilled lemons and onions, you know, like all done in a cast iron skillet. Like, it's were you so practice, good.
0: Were you practicing that the other day on yeah, Instagram? Yeah, I did. We
2: did the first photo shoot for that book and.
0: Because I was looking at that thinking, I need to know how to make this. Yeah, this it's like,
2: so one. simple. You just, you know, if you make these few basic. It's simple, but not. Right. Well, delicious. That's, Actually, that's really simple. I literally take lamb chops marinate them in slug, which you can buy in the store Is it, now. Is it right. spicy, very spicy? No, it's the fat and the richness of the lamb. And then there's just a little slug on it. And I put some chopped mint in with the slug and then I scrape it off. I throw it in a cast iron skillet with lemon wedges and red onions. And like, to me, that's dinner. I saw that. I saw that on it's your sneak peek Instagram. of
1: the cookbook. Yeah, right it's here. that kind of stuff. But, it, <laughs> but it, everything amazing. has
2: to have an Isra- a really essential Israeli ingredient in it. Like, so, like, and the other thing with my book is that, Yes, I make my own schrug all the time because a beautiful bunch of cilantro is like 50 cents in Israel, you know, and you can get every amazing herb. They're 20 times better than any herb you can buy here. It's like four times as much, you know, so I make schrug, but you can buy schrug. I make harissa because I like it a little less spicy. Mine is, I make. What's the difference between schrug and harissa? So, Ashkenazi over here? No, it's a good question. Schrug is a Yemenite based hot sauce that usually gets put in marak timani, like Yemenite soup, and it's used to cut through the richness of foods. And also hot sauce traditionally was like a preservative. Like if you put hot peppers in something, it make it last longer. And harissa is, or known in Israel as arisa, which I used to get confused because I'd be like, no, I'm not looking for arisa. I'm looking for harissa. And they're like, "Arisa." I'm like harissa. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) So that is a Moroccan um, spice blend based on more on red peppers, also with spices in it, it's very hot. Um, It goes into like, often goes into different like Moroccan fish dishes and just everything they use. Israelis really like spice. Um, My harissa is based on, I roast red pepper, which you can also buy obviously. And then I put roasted garlic in it. You could just put regular garlic and then it has a little honey because I like it a little sweeter. And then I use that as a way to... I use my harissa in a million things. I can rub it on chicken. You can serve it with fish. And this can, will be in the book,
0: the, all in the book. Yeah, all, in the book. all in
2: the book. Yeah. We're going to have a demon's recipes. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So, anyway, the point is, I find there's constant inspiration in these ingredients that Israelis see. Sometimes Israelis tend to see the use of their ingredients sort of confined by the ethnicity from which they come. Right. So, like, there's a pancake called lachuch. I'm sure you've seen it. It's the, yeah. it's a big, it looks like a, something across between a crumpet and an English muffin and a pancake.
0: Right. I, they sell it at, um, by us at, um, Geffen Gourmet. Geffen Gourmet.
2: right. So in Israel, like that's another, like the Yemenites are the champions of bread. Like Gil, who's half Yemenite says that the Yemenite cookbook has two pages, the first and the last, because it's like all bread and like rich, heavy long. foods, but they have amazing breads like Kubane, like Malawach, like, um, all these breads are Yemenite and they're all now national, snack foods in right, Israel right. and but to people is like a savory thing that you use to dip into Yemenite soup and like soak yeah. it up but I view it as a pancake so in the book I'm serving it as like a breakfast stack with butter so and jam because it's a pancake yeah. and it soaks up all the sauce really you know cool. so but you can do it both ways but an Israeli would see that and think. Yeah, And he's you're really, would, yeah, they would but, have a lot to say about it. And that's fine. Yeah. And, but obviously I serve it with my Yemenite soup also. Right. Mm. But I really think I like that Yemenites. I, the point is I, I don't like recipes or ingredients that you use once or make once and then sort of like never go back to because they feel like used up. So like, that's why if you're going to buy a jar of slugh or make it, like let's find five interesting ways to use it as opposed to just the traditional right. way. You right,
0: know. I love it. If you had, not including salt, yeah, three ingredients you had to
2: take with you to a desert island and cook. Well, I'll stick with Israeli ones because I'm writing an Israeli cookbook. So okay. for sure, tahina. Yeah. It, like, there, no question. <laughs> lemons and preserved lemons are for, are for sure number two. Okay. Um, and in my personal, like, obsessive food is eggs. Like, I always they make eggs all the time for every meal of the day okay um but if it wasn't that i would say like a staple ingredient olive oil olive oil okay for sure oh boy
1: (laughs) i'm much more basic but like i'm thinking of like we're gonna be so hungry i have to bring chicken
2: yeah you have to bring the main (laughs) things i'll bring all the pizzazz and you bring all the staples chicken chocolate (laughs) chicken and chocolate chicken chocolate mole mole sauce flour no because we need dessert
0: Flour. If we bring flour, no, we, we can make, make a million things. Yeah. Okay, so we're good. We can now. bring a million okay. things. I'm bringing <laughs> Vegemite. No, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
2: joking
0: about that. You're gonna have a that. lot of leftover. You're gonna have a lot. I know, you but know. you know Vegemite. You know, you put in a little soup, it adds a lot of real umami yes. flavor. So yes. don't so, knock okay. the Vegemite. It might not be good on bread. I mean, I like it on bread and toast, but you can put it in a bunch of things. So, okay, so where are you off to next? Back to Israel?
2: Um, I'm going back to Israel on Saturday night. And I'll be there working, finishing my book through, the early, through early summer. Okay. Um, and I'm also working on some other projects at the same time. Um, I still write my food column for Hadassah magazine. Um, often it's like about a new cookbook that comes out or like something interesting that's going on in Israel. Okay. Um, and yeah, we're, I will be there if you if anyone wants to find me just look for the tall redhead in,
0: in, in and in the shook right <laughs> yeah i saw i saw that you met hila solomon you were very excited hila solomon
2: yes i make one of
0: her recipes that i love it was yeah like a she's
2: just someone who i've heard about for years i never made it to her spoons in jerusalem and now she's in jaffa and tel aviv I, um i bumped into her in sugar caramel
0: it's so just cool who you meet at the show, right? I can go and Jerusalem. people see
2: me, and people, you know, people who see, have known me from Instagram and stuff like that. Like it's really fun. It's Isn't fun. That fun? It's fun and funny to me. I find
0: right. it funny. Can I take a picture with you? I'm like, sure. yeah.
2: That doesn't happen to me so much, but, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 cool, and I just I'm very I feel really lucky to be living in Tel Aviv, and lucky to be living with my husband Jay
0: and Jay- you. Oh, they're so cute, newlywed. <laughs> but how did you meet Jay? If you were...
2: Um, my be- friend Jessica Steinberg, who is the culture editor of the Times of Israel, we've been friends since the 90s and okay. um, she knew Jay and I was single and she proposed that we meet and he was in New York on a business trip. So we went out on a and blind date. he lived date. in Israel. He he's been already- living in Israel for more than 30 years Okay. Um, and he has, he's divorced, he has two grown kids and
0: we were both heaven. looking
2: for love. Oh, and we found it. They're so oh, cute together on Instagram. It's <laughs> yeah, great. I love yeah. it. And yes, it's very exciting.
0: A bunch of our friends went to Israel for the wedding. We watched <laughs> yes, vicariously. Yes, through. it was yeah.
2: really amazing. And Erez komarovsky who's like an incredible Israeli chef, cooked our wedding, which was like one of the highlights of my entire life. Wow, that's and cool. Yeah. So yeah, it
0: was. It was really
2: exciting and we'll be there for Pesach
0: okay yeah I was gonna ask where are you mm-hmm. gonna be for
2: Pesach we're gonna be is in, your dad and, coming to you my dad will be in Palo Alto he just got back from a six week trip around the world so oh, he's nice. resting a little okay, bit Okay, good good um but we're all gonna meet in June in New York for my nephew's twin nephew's graduation from TABC oh very nice um but I'll be in Israel and I'm I I'm making Seder for the second year in a row with okay. my husband's, one, night.
0: one night one night
2: oh yeah my, one night my, reason to make aliyah yeah. people yeah exactly but yeah I have your wonderful book and ooh, ooh. we will be using it.
0: Yay, I'm very yes. excited. I'm very yes. on it. Um, okay, so um, I was going to ask something about Pesach. and I was-
2: One thing that's really lacking in Israel is, funnily enough, is like some good, there's one kind of roll that they have, like a fake bread roll, and it's just not good. There's so much amazing Pesach food in Israel. But like that, I feel like in like if you go to like your Pesach problem, you guys probably make incredible rolls and different kinds of breads, yeah,
0: it, right? You can have a sandwich. Yeah, you can have a grilled cheese panini. Like yeah, that's I actually bother by it. Like i drive. rather. Yeah, it's a just, little weird, right? It's weird, and we also have sushi and pizza, oh, right? And, and barbecues. Like, what's with, in the sushi? Ca- like in my book, cauliflower rice. Oh, cauliflower ca- rice. Or quinoa. Oh, quinoa. Quinoa. That's they do they know, do, yeah. quinoa. do a
2: mix. Yeah.
0: So so, and now we have this. Cauliflower, the cauliflower rice for Pesach.
2: Sephardim have it so easy. I
0: know. That, yeah. yeah, I was
2: going to say, if you're Sephardi, you're having real rice. I know. I
0: know. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> all Sephardim eat rice. I've just learned that. Marocans and some do- Ashkenazim
2: do, the ones who move to Israel.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, they they're get, like, they, they take on
2: Minhagamakom and then right. move on.
0: Yeah, I think we should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Minhagamakom. When I go to Israel for Pesach, I want to keep one day.
2: Right. I was there, and was,
0: I can. think are some people do. My husband said I have to keep two days. Out, oh my it? it was torture torture yes.
2: um yeah but I'm um, I think with Pesach like the a good rule to follow is just just cook great vegetables and yeah. and that and things that you know without a million substitutes I mean it's it can get boring and that's why it's fun to right do things that are different but like for your basic everyday kind of
0: I always stuff, say olive oil salt and garlic Different vegetables every day. Just rotate v- your vegetables, do you know, roasted asparagus for me. Join
1: like a chabad family like my husband's you for one. No seder. We don't do anything. Yeah, that doesn't do and anything. And my husband's family doesn't do so anything. So we
2: eat just like a big hunk of roasted meat?
1: Pretty much. Meat, <laughs> potatoes, only peeled vegetables, not all vegetables. But that would be good it's for insane. one meal. That would be okay for one meal. It's good for one meal. Join it and then you'll love Pesach wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what your uh, restrictions
2: yeah, so are. Are there any special like? Are there Luba- specific Lubavitch fruit things for Pesach? Yeah, no, you can't or eat no, anything. Some, Nothing.
1: Okay. Yeah, the, the peeling is very strict. Peeling of all vegetables. I yeah, like the tomatoes. tomatoes.
2: Why is there? An, like
1: we have these discussions because the in table. case it touched in bread case it touched on and the outside. And, yeah, and also like
0: peeling tomatoes. Certain,
1: yeah, peeling tomatoes it can peeling make really peppers. good sauce.
0: But you can, you're um, but yes, also, you can have Yes, there is also, you can buy a schmaltz. peeler.
1: Some people don't do oil. Oh.
0: And they cook schmaltz. everything with
1: schmaltz. So you're like,
0: really, you're really going back the to entire
1: the- Pesach.
0: So no oil, yeah. no cakes, no cakes then? Well, if you want
1: even potato starch, like, this is you not make everybody, it, you but make I'm just your saying, like, potato the Potato more- starch, right? Yeah, you have to make your like not so so some people Wait, eggs yes eggs yeah okay
2: so it's, some people can peel it. yeah <laughs>
1: right. it has a peel um it's it's a mix you know some people do eat products from the store but some people don't right so like some people don't buy potato starch no they don't buy ketchup no potato they make their starch. own sugar yes sugar water
0: right liquid uh, sugar it's how do they make that
1: do you know yeah you boil the sugar with water and then you use that but it's like can't a really, simple syrup it's a simple syrup you basically make simple syrup yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. So okay. it's a whole Super different level a of Pesach. It's so let, let's catch a whole up with discussion. with Schiff for a little bit. How's it going with uh, the whole new branding we've got going on, yeah, it's Jamie going really, Yeah, it's
1: going really well. Um, actually, Jamie was just on the Today Show. She was like the I first, uh, I think, Jewish personality booked, not connected to a holiday. So that was pretty cool. Okay,
0: that's Cause great. Because it wasn't
1: for Pesach. It wasn't for Rosh Hashanah.
0: Was that when she did the brisket? It was for
1: brisket, Yeah.
0: Right, so when I went on to California to do something for this book on okay. Home and Family show on Hallmark Channel, they wanted brisket. Yeah, Like, brisket. They, they think that that's what Jews eat, is well, brisket. Well, you we know need what? To break that.
1: You know what? At the end of the day, though, like, I'm saying this from the perspective, <laughs> exactly, from the perspective of, like, seeing what people do click on and yeah. what people search, brisket is probably I I was the most on-
2: popular. It yeah. resonates. I was on this panel with Joan Nathan and Alon Shaya in... South Beach and Joan. The, she started it by asking the audience, "What, do, what to you is American yes. Jewish food?" And brisket was number one.
1: I don't number one. Yeah, maybe was. twenty years down the line things will change, but right now it's still brisket. It's
0: still brisket and manischewitz it's, wine. Manischewitz this wine. This flunkin and
2: butternut squash soup looks so good.
0: It is so <laughs> good.
2: I'll be making that.
0: Yeah, that yeah. looks <laughs> delicious. Adina's, beautiful picture. Adina's flipping through my book. Do you have my book?
2: I'm getting inspired for Pesach with <laughs> Naomi's book. Okay.
0: So Shifra, what 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 uh when you do some meal prep, right? And it's, you know, you you have big family on yeah. both sides, you both come from big families. What how do you prepare? Let's let's talk about how we can get our our viewers, our listeners geared up for Pesach with 2 weeks to go.
1: So, I mean, I think that number 1, like Adina was saying before, simple food is so good. Like don't go crazy and get overwhelmed by trying to do so much. Um, literally if you take, we were talking about brisket, take a second cup brisket with onions and put it in the oven and you got yourself like an amazing roast. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you, don't to, it, you
2: don't have to, you yeah. don't have to to go crazy. Yeah,
1: you really could. So number one, like, you know, take a step back and like realize that like you could keep things simple, you know, and cook with a few good ingredients, but do it well. Also, um, do things that you can make in advance, you know, that you can freeze, And serve in in, serve by the seder. Like if you do a brisket, or if you do a chuck roast, um, those are things. uh, Soups exactly. Soups can freeze well. Even potato kugel. We have now a cauliflower potato kugel that we just um, we just. released released a video of jamie making the cauliflower potato. so it's kugel. It like a low carb it's a low carb potato kugel but like it's made with cauliflower and a little bit of potato so you get that flavor but mostly cauliflower that's such and a great idea and it's if- so good
0: so if you freeze potato kugel and this is a tip yeah. in my book as well it goes freeze it to oven we never defrost kugels that way they get soggy. so Yeah, that's, I think uh, it's
2: better not to. It
0: goes from the freezer to the oven, heat it up an low and slow, lid on, lid off, whatever you want to do. It works great, but do not defrost that kookle.
1: Yeah, that's a good tip. Um, and also something really fun to try if you're looking to try something new on Pesach is to sous vide. Uh, that's something really fun to try, do especially around a, Pesach. Do you like, need
0: another sous vide machine?
1: That's a good question. You have to ask that, okay.
0: Maybe. It doesn't get so hot do you maybe just need to dip it end yeah, in the hot water we should ask the okay let's ask the okay yeah cuz i think so they funny. did a
1: feature on sous vide and they did it by fogelman yeah you have to call him because they just did a story on um sous vide or they're doing the story it's coming out in the next week or so about sous vide and Chavez, like because the sous vide technically, once it's on it's and you drop a constant the bag in, temperature. it's right. a constant temperature. It's almost like a crock pot. I was,
0: I was just so going to say. So
1: technically, can you take it out? Like, how do you cook with it on Shabbos? But sous vide, we had in last year's issue, the chef's wife did. Um,
0: I love a dinamore. Yeah.
1: She did a sous vide chuck roast. And what was incredible about it was that it was an economy cut. I mean, as economy as a kosher cut could get because right. it's so expensive. <laughs> but um, it was. it tasted like a rib roast.
2: Cause it just like, gets so tender it gets and so
1: tender and juicy. Um, we, we seared it before actually we sous vide it before. Yeah. Not before, after. before, because what happened was what, what the, the technique was sear it, sous vide it, and then make this crust and put it back in the oven to warm through with a crust. Mm. So like it was just really good. But what was incredible was the results. Like I was really astounded.
2: It was amazing. I've
0: not had Do You with- want to
2: tell everyone what sous vide is for those who don't yeah, know? Yeah,
0: I've had I've had a little trouble with that. Okay, it means <laughs> would you want to do it?
2: It's um cooking food in a sealed environment on a low temperature in water. And it in few, you it vacuum vacuum seal the food in a plastic bag. Sort of like when you that you get that machine at Costco where you vacuum seal food, it's kind of the same idea and you put all kinds of herbs and flavorings inside the bag and it really the vacuum sealing removing all the air from the bag like really infuses the food and also the food like continues to baste in its own juices so if it's meat it never loses all the juices of the meat and then usually when you're done it can and it can cook for hours at a time because right. it's at a low temperature but it's safe because the water is circulating at all times it's not like a still environment and then usually afterwards you take it and sear it in a pan because the one disadvantage kind of like the instant pot is that it doesn't give any texture to the food right, so the flavor right. is amazing but you usually will brown it in a skillet just to give it a mm-hmm. crust or so we thought this recipe was interesting cuz she said they brown it before yeah. we
0: did sous vide here on the show didn't we, we we've actually well, well done said it.
2: adina that was
0: yeah really that was great i knew she would do it better than yeah. me i think sous vide means under pressure or under vacuum sue yeah. means under sue
2: is under yeah
0: and and, and meat meat is. Is uh-huh. pressure right yeah so, so uh it's it's a very interesting technique it's yeah it's becoming really
2: popular and your, you can buy a sous vide machine now for like a hundred dollars 50 bucks anova has, i think is the one yeah, I anova, a I of people I there's, there's
1: and ritual, an app. There's, yeah on my phone. Yeah. You can control it on your phone. Yeah, um, it's really cool. And what we're doing is we went and broke down, um, because there's so much information online for sous but specifically with kosher cuts, it gets very confusing. Yeah. Because you have the London broil, the shoulder London broil, the French rose, and then you don't really know how to adapt the not kosher recipe you see. So we are in the middle of creating a sous-vide chart, like a kosher sous-vide chart. Thank
0: you, because I'm having a really and hard time with that. Yeah, it's probably going to really be available cool. on the
1: site March 13th. Okay. Um, And you can download it and um, you can download it um, and basically have it as a guide. And so it breaks down like every single cut. That's amazing. And we worked on it with Naftali from Girl and Behold. Ah, he's fantastic. You
2: you met him down there in Florida. I actually did not see him down there. and I didn't know he was there, but I know, I know him. Before I moved to Israel, I was using his meat. As much as I could. It's so good. It's so
0: good. We did yeah. last last time we were in the studio together. We did right here in this spot here, um, cast iron pan, oh. duck breasts.
2: Mm, that was <laughs>
0: amazing. His duck breasts, nobody else's. And now that it's becoming quite popular to use yeah. duck breasts in the crochet. There's Pele, there's Heritage, but I right. love them both. But I'm just saying Naffs is just
2: yeah, he's really cut above. And he's, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but we love his stuff. I yeah. love that
0: duck fat. Um, mm. I always save it off, pour it off, save it, and then I cook French fries for my kids. Sure, or you, <gasps> yeah. So, fanning but so good with pink Himalayan salt on afterwards. Yum! They live for that. I'm sure. Lucky <laughs> kids. Amazing. Lucky kids. Yeah, they 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 appreciate. So,
1: you also do schmaltz.
0: <laughs> I love schmaltz. I, I am not afraid schmaltz of the, is the schmaltz. Best.
1: Yeah.
2: It's also very in, it's very trendy now to use animal fats. So we're
0: going back to the basics yeah. again.
2: Here we are. Mark Bittman, you know the famous New sure. York know, Times writer, says that you should use schmaltz and other animal fats is like as, you know, you might have cholesterol, but they're, you know, but they're not, they're natural. So like right. if it's that choice is that, or I know kosher Jews often have to use margarine on Shabbat, but if it's a choice between something like margarine or schmaltz, like definitely go with the natural product that's like rendered from an animal.
0: I've had um, beef, uh, uh, sorry, Beef fat in pie crust that Natalie oh, yeah. has made, and it's delicious. Yeah,
2: it's like kosher lard. Yeah, basically mm-hmm. the same idea. Oh, flaky, 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 flaky,
0: flaky, flaky. It was amazing. Yeah, some crazy pecan something with it. And it yeah, was, it was a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, so it, it's amazing how the you know food cycles change and totally we're back to the beginning again. Almost. Yeah, we're like
1: back to basics, right?
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very nervous with Pesach right down our necks, and I know everybody's on that like very freak out mode almost at this time. So are you,
2: you're still doing your, you do your Pesach yeah, catering? Yeah, I have
0: 139 quarts of soup in the fridge, wow. a million cookies. How many fridges chicken. do you have? I have five freezers. I own five freezers, which only one stays plugged in all year.
2: And the rest are just and the rest. for
0: Pesach. Um, Since I've started my business, I've had uh-huh. to plug in a second one. Since Instagram, because companies send me a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I need a freezer for all that. Uh-huh, so, but otherwise it's you know it's a very um organized business. people for some reason get very nervous about paying, oh yeah, so
2: they order early so they
0: they order early, and I can only take x amount of orders, mm-hmm. it's quality over quantity, and my husband and I always discuss, well, should we you know expand the kitchen, should we do construction yeah is he going pay but I don't want it to be like I want it to be quality over quantity and just it is what it is what's your
2: favorite thing item that you make like something really okay. special that you make for a pesach
0: i love making meats mm-hmm. i love to make meat i love to slice roasts and there's mm-hmm. nothing like slicing roasts and we're going to talk about this now
2: slicing roasts and then you get to eat the little pieces a bit nice oh yeah <laughs> when we
0: have to make duck and we save all the duck fat yeah and we yeah. peel some potatoes and we fry french uh-huh. fries for our lunch but um nothing like good equipment so I yes. just, you know, I, I think yes. we need to spend a minute about yes. that. I I bought for this year. At, uh-huh. I went to Home Goods to return a rug, uh-huh. and I saw on the side there a set of Global Knives. Oh, those are great. So I'm like, how much are those knives? They said, two-something mm-hmm. for five knives. I'm like, can I have those knives? They said, yeah. sure. They are gorgeous. There yeah. is nothing like having a new knife. It makes light work. You can go through a butternut squash like it's a machete.
2: Yeah, it's you also can, safer.
0: It's safer. And you cry less than the onions because mm-hmm. you have a sharp precision on the blade. What's yeah. That? I don't know what that point is. It's a, it has a name. You know how a knife under yeah. a microscope goes uh-huh. like this Yeah, and I don't know like what this. it's called. But the, the part that's the sharp edge yeah. is amazing. You can just skin off pieces of chick. you know, cut yeah. through skin of chicken. It's made a world of difference. You yeah. have a good saute pan, a good knife, a good peeler. Let's talk about the peeler. We peel... Well, Chabad peels a lot on pasta. Oh, yeah. I
2: only use one kind of peeler. It's always. Swiss-wise? Yeah, the, yes. They're just so... Yeah, they're I easy don't to hold. I'm not... Yeah, Konreiken or... Uh, is
0: that how
2: you say it? Yeah, I, that's how I say it, but I think Can everyone you say says it, it differently. What? How do you say it? Um, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so embarrassing. Konreiken. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like I it. Say it the same way. I think. It's I a think you're probably right. I don't know. It's just how I say no, it. No, right? I make
1: I make up things, but <laughs> I
2: I like it so much better than the the Oxo side peeler because oh, it's so yeah. unwieldy. And this one, you have so much control. So up and down, and they're like pens. You just replace them. They're like three dollars. So you just yeah. Check I bu- it when I buy new
0: ones all the time. Yeah, and they're, they're amazing. Get sometimes thrown out when you throw out the peels, you throw out yeah. the peelers. Mm-hmm. Oops! I go buy another bunch. I have different colors every year. I change up my colors. But the sharp peeler every year goes right through the butternut squash. And because I keep talking about butternut squash because we were, yeah. it's in the book. Yeah. Um, also, soup. like
2: a good cast iron pan or a heavy bottom skillet. A, it makes like it to, a to huge, conduct Huge, huge, huge well. difference.
0: You know. And get a big one. We cook a lot on Pesach. So get yeah. 20, a 14-inch fry pan.
1: And try making like potato kugel on a cast iron. That's good. <gasps> I should yeah. do that. Oh, I it's think. It's very it, good.
0: I think it might. My- because
1: you get that crust trying to make white in potato it. Kugel a potato cooker. Cat- oh, that's a great idea. We did.
0: We did actually. People really have a hard time with breakfast, so I'm just going to go back to the book. Mm-hmm. I, I I hate to be annoying with it. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Um, here is the, oh, we did the shakshuka and the cast iron for the photo shoot, mm-hmm. but you should just know if I can find it. This, when we tested this recipe, we did this in a cast iron pan. It's potatoes. Mm-hmm. It's basically a potato cooker with cheese in it, cooked oh, in cool. a skillet. It was unreal. That cast iron skillet. It gives a
2: crispy crispy crispy, yeah. crispy crispy crispy.
0: Yeah. It's unreal. I just I'm Hi, sorry to And you about. know they're really
2: they're $15 a large a cast iron skillet. You can get it at Walmart. It's it's such a deal. They're not expensive. You know, it's like the poor man's Le Creuset or Stau, <laughs> but like it does the same thing, you know. They're they're they're, they're the ones probably better even. I think like so. Yeah. Cast they're, like a
0: Yeah, I I just got a, a enameled um, enameled uh, Dutch oven,
2: yeah. love it. Does yeah. a
0: beautiful job on searing. Um, a lot of the recipes that we call for, we sometimes sear the meat, especially on Pesach, and Hook it on the stovetop. Yeah, get a good quality pot and pan. You can go to Pepper Mill. You can go to um, our good friends right there in Flatbush, the Kitchen Click. Um. And they have all this stuff available. Some of them, I think, even have a mikveh. You can tovel it in, yeah. Sterling Electronics in the Five towns. And also keep
2: your knives sharp. Like, when you buy them sharp, you have to sharpen them. Like, right, that, yeah. that that steel that comes with the knives, that is good for, like, a few months. But if you really cook a lot, and a lot of your audience does cook a lot, you really should try and take them to a professional sharpener, like, every six Do months. you know where
0: there's one in Manhattan?
2: Um. You can usually I don't as far as kashrut goes I don't know you if that You don't matters. have to you don't have to so, I've of, asked this so often like houseware stores not like not like a bed bath and but like a local place they have days like ask them they usually bring in a sharpener. Like Williams and Sonoma. Yeah. yeah. So like oh. Williams Sonoma has like once every few months you can bring your knives in and they'll sharpen them we for should you. Do that. And there's also a place I wonder if Liz Reuven knows because there's a place in Connecticut that I've you, they you mail them to them they sharpen them and mail them back to you. It's the greatest oh, that's thing. Cool. And, like do it, the like my tip, is do it before you go on vacation oh, that's like a that's a good idea, idea. like just yeah the truck, and the, the trucks but the, the trucks. trucks are a little bit less reliable like you don't want to get if you bought a set of global knives i'm not sure you want to take them to the truck
0: okay so uh yeah <laughs> my my edge is all different now from the truck oh, it was, yeah so you, you need real pros you really do to it's to an art it's really that's an art tip.
2: i mean that you know they'll my sharpen them for you but like there's a an art to it. It's oh, wow. like polishing a diamond. Cause it's like, okay, didn't very, know that. like it really makes a difference. <laughs> it really does. And also, you know, like if you cut yourself with a sharp knife, it's going to be much less deep than with a dull knife. Like you just like, it's like for every reason, it's like much better to have sharper stitches knives in a lot of fingers. Oh my God. And look at my burns First. from my recent <gasps> photo shoot situation.
0: <laughs> Athena, that is terrible.
2: I know because my like six birds. We we moved. They moved the rack in my oven, and I and like it was a different like going into the oven, and I wasn't used to it, and like it was all like in one fell swoop on each side. But I wonder how many people have that like cooking for pizza.
0: I, right, a lot.
2: a lot, a lot. Yeah, those.
0: I'll always come. I'll even for my catering business, I will have a few. I've gotten better as I've gotten you know more into the. Because that
2: reminds me of my mother. That, like yeah. every Pesach, yeah. I have a question staff. for you. Yeah. What's the most popular recipe on your site? Is there like the most? Yeah, searched, there really or... is. What um, is it? it's the classics. Yeah. Um, I would say brisket. potato kugel, uh-huh. um, potato kugel cups, brisket.
1: Very surprisingly, this year we had the nougat. Um, mm. The South African nougat recipe was mm. very popular. Really, extremely Sally popular. Sally right? Yeah, so we have a version of it on the site. Is it great? It's a really good recipe and like nougat candy. Yeah, like the
2: soft, chewy one. Well, because that's hard to find kosher, right? Isn't it? No, I so guess, but like I was surprised now that has from
0: South Africa has imported it.
2: That one was surprising. And what percentage of people who get recipes from your site are kosher or religious? Like, is it sort of broken out mix. far beyond that?
0: It's or? a mix. Do you know, and, th- like, do you know that? I don't statistics? know it
1: off the top of my head. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, but I do know that, like, before Pesach and before Shoshana, we'll have a much larger percentage of people that yeah. aren't traditionally right, kosher. They're looking to, to make Yeah. A and so meal this is or... the place that they come.
0: And Rotten? so that's why
1: also all the traditional foods are so popular.
0: Yeah. I would imagine they're always really popular. Even on joy of uh, sorry, um, kosher.com, Jamie, one of Jamie's YouTube videos. Um, that she did for kosher.com has a very high viewership.
1: Which one? With the pies? Uh, I don't know pies? when she
0: No, when she when she did something for kosher.com and she went to a restaurant
1: Oh yeah, she has, has a, a show on kosher.com. Yeah, going into restaurants. to restaurants. I think she yeah. just went to Allenby. She went to Allenby. Releasing like, it. Oh my god. We were just talking about. I'm, yeah, I,
2: I'm gonna. I want to go. Well, I'm, I talked with uh, the chef Elior about going. Maybe I can make it this week.
1: I want to go. I know. They're open it's, for
2: lunch, which I didn't realize.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: I went for the lunch menu. It was very nice.
0: I yeah. went with my husband it's nice it's smaller to, menu. to a place like
2: that for lunch. I
0: think it was New Year's Day, I think we went, and we sat down. And he'd never been. I'd already been. Well, uh-huh. with I went with Hani and Melinda, and we sat there. So when I sat down with my husband, I said, okay, we're getting everything. We ordered the entire menu because it, it was a smaller menu. Yeah. So we, like – You did uh-huh. the lunch. We did the whole lunch menu, like – Everyone was like looking at the food coming in. I'm like, I have to try all of it. Yeah, it's a business expense. Totally, <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. I, I love eating at restaurants. Oh my gosh, we're almost out of time. I love eating at restaurants as much as I love cooking. Yeah. I love eating out.
2: Well, I think um, kosher cooks, especially women, like you. It's you spend so much time at home cooking. Like it's such. You deserve to eat out, right? I like you make so much food every week, and like the the the, you know the average citizen of the world, like a Shabbat meal for them is like a dinner party, right? Like that's what they think of as a dinner party. Yeah. It's something that you do week in yeah. and week out, and like I think that's why restaurants are becoming more and more popular. Right. And you I know, love- and there's such good stuff now that you can have. You culture. can have a- every night, li- and you that know, doma see- is that doma is flasik.
0: Yeah. It's, for brunch, that's for such a, brunch. I think
2: that's really brave and really smart because it's like the only job. place that does that, yeah.
0: right? And they did a really good job. I was very impressed. What, with the
1: brunch menu? Yeah.
0: Boris was amazing. Good. He was so cute. He was coming out and talking. And I love when the restaurants are, the owners come out of the mm-hmm. restaurants and talk and schmooze it. Like yeah. Know they're well, you feel it when
1: you go there. Like, they're very good different. with service, which is so important, especially now. Right, I feel like that's something that we It's can, a tough industry. Yeah, Re- yeah.
0: Restaurants open and close. We talked about yeah. that before. But if you can stay open a couple years, you know. Yeah, you Wait. should be
1: nice to your customers.
0: Right. I love my customers. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. my, not 80% of my paid customers, maybe 90, are all repeats. Uh-huh. So it's because yeah, I'm not. Yeah, 100%. Right, I like to think I'm do nice. Do they pick
2: it up from your house
0: or do um, you deliver it? So a combination of both. As I cook, I have to drop it off because I don't five freezers oh, is not enough so, so they can like just put it in the freezer right after pay purim expect some food and then right, I'll, kosher, right. and then the last delivery they come and that's when they pay me
2: <laughs> very so, cool yeah,
0: yeah it's all cra- but this industry I was one of the first kosher personal yeah. chefs now I'm a dime a dozen which is good cuz there's enough to go around for everyone yeah i encourage everyone go to school and become a pesach chef you'll mm-hmm. you'll do well like it's just people are looking for something it's cheaper than a hotel people want to be in their house and it's it's a great thing to have it. It's convenience.
2: I have a pop quiz for you based on okay. our shared history. How many meals a day did we eat at Mechon Gold? Five.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can wait. you name them? Yeah.
2: Aruchat boker. Aruchat esher. lunch. Aruchat arba. Arru- ar- 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 dinner. And, uh,
0: wait. <laughs> and then what did we do after dinner? We went to, to Angel Bakery. Bakery.
2: Yeah, and that was a good day and and every meal had at least twelve forms of carbohydrates.
0: At least. Oh my god. Probably like, four kinds those of Those were the days. I was yes. a very lanky, skinny teenager and after my urine <laughs> Israel- dropped that never came back. So, yeah, yeah Machar exactly. gold. those were the days. Yes. Ladies, this was amazing. I had the best time. It was time. so fun. Thank ha- you. dying to have you on the show and to have thank you on with Shifra. Like, what a treat for us all. Thank you. To be together. ZK, thank you. Thank you. For coming in so close to Pesach. I hope everyone is well. Um We've got Mark Zomig with the Erev Shabbat Show. Erev Shabbat show um, And then we have music sponsored by our friends at Kedab right up until Lich Benching. Everyone, are wishing you a Chag Kashev, a Pesach Sameach. Uh, you can email me with questions. I'm always happy to talk Pesach. Grab the book. Chag Sameach. Shabbat Shalom.